next on Contemplate. The world wants you to chase the things that it thinks will bring joy instead of knowing the source of all joy. You want to chase after money or you want to know God. Make your decision because one leads to death and one leads to life. There's a song that says, all you need is love. But the truth is that all we need is God's love because that's a love that makes all the difference. Here's Pastor David with more. The world is not looking for growth and maturity, just so you know. They are not looking to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. They are looking for conformity. The world is looking to conform you. That's what the world is looking to do. Do not desire their friendship. Do not desire the friendship of the world, those that would conform you into their image a dark and broken, fallen image. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ Jesus. The world is broken and dying and does not know what to do, but to keep yelling that the emperor's clothes are so beautiful as he rides through the streets naked. That's the world we live in. And they need conformity. Because when you bring transformation, they can't handle it. It gives the lie to what they're dealing with. It shows the brokenness of their orthodoxy and their ideas, and they can't handle it. So you better shout out, those clothes are beautiful too. Conform or be pushed aside. The only way you can have the courage and the power to do that is in the Holy Spirit and in trusting God enough that when the world rejects you, he's got you. That his church has got you. That there is real love from him because they want your conformity and it is the price for their friendship. We all need to listen and remember and think about and go over the scriptures on this issue regularly. Let's read James 4.4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Period. You can't have both. Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And when we make that choice, we are denying ourselves something. We are making our bodies a living sacrifice. We are willing to be broken and humbled and humiliated by the world because we believe that God is enough for us. Psalm 4, 6, the next verse. There are many who say, who will show us any good? Where's the stuff? Where's the good? This is what the world asks constantly. We want good. We want what we think is good, right? Guns and girls and gold and wine and song and power and toys and fame. Worship of self and self-adoration, sex and sunshine and no responsibility. These are the things that the world chases. This is what the world is chasing. And the psalmist, King David, blows this nonsense out of the water. Listen, the scriptures, the Bible, locates good 
in only one place, God. Only God is good. That God would be pleased with us, that we would have his favor. That the light of God's countenance would be upon us. Countenance. If you don't know what that means, it's according to dictionary.com, appearance, especially the look or expression of the face. The light of God's face upon us. That is what we want. All those other things can, can go fish. All those other things can go away. If we can have the light of the countenance of God, the light of his face shining upon us. How wonderful it is in life to see your mother or your father or your spouse or your friend or your child smile and beam at you when you've pleased them. Is there a greater feeling than those who you love showing their affection in their countenance for you? Is not the feeling that you get from that warm, pleasant, and joyful? How much more that we would have such a relationship with the creator of the world and the universe and everything that is in them. And that we could have his countenance shine upon us, not just us as generally humans, but you. That he thinks about you, that he knit you together in your mother's womb, that you are special to him, that he knows every hair on your head and that he would smile on you. That the light of his countenance would shine on you. If you don't understand the enormity of that, I don't think anybody fully can. You are missing out on something wonderful. That he would shine the light of his countenance upon me? Who am I? What is man that you are mindful of him? Upon you. You don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. To have a relationship with God, to have his favor and his love, to be blessed by him, to have his grace, to have his peace. You don't need anything else. Numbers 6, through 27. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. We, like the children of Israel, want that. We want his name on us. We are Christians, little Christ, Christ followers. We wear the name of the King of Kings. We are his. His. Good comes from knowing him, from trusting him, from his peace, from his love, from the hope that he gives us that we will be with him. The world wants you to chase the things that it thinks will bring joy instead of knowing the source of all joy. You want to chase after money or you want to know God. Make your decision because one leads to death and one leads to life. Our joy is in the Lord, all of our joy. These other things the world chases after do not bring peace. They do not bring hope. They do not bring joy. 
without a relationship with God first, without desiring and seeking and chasing the shining light of his countenance upon us, everything else is just trinkets, worthless without the author and finisher of our faith. Blessings are worthless without a relationship with the blesser. If we don't have a relationship with God, all the blessings that we can chase after aren't going to do anything to replace that. Stop chasing. Stop chasing and have joy. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's what he does. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What are you thinking about? The good, the joy, God's face shining upon us. Let's look at the next verse in Psalm 4, 4, 7. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. Probably not a lot of you studying this with us are farmers or run a vineyard, wine vineyard. But you have probably had a job or received a raise or a bonus or received an inheritance or had a good day or a good season in life in some other way. You can probably connect to what it's like for the psalmist to talk about grain and wine increasing. If the barns are full of grain and the vats are full of good wine, the farmer is doing well. And he or she can expect to have relative wealth from the good harvest. There's a feeling of gladness, gladness, gladness from that. Maybe for a person who understands God's provision and grace, there's even a feeling of thankfulness a warm feeling that comes from receiving blessing. It's a good feeling in those days and those seasons where the vats are full of wine and the silos are full of grain. But it's nothing but a shadow, a weak shadow of the gladness we can feel from having God's countenance shine on us. It's about getting things right. It's about priorities It's about understanding. It's nothing compared to knowing that we are loved by God and being able to love God. Because we'll eat the grain and drink the wine and it'll be gone. Or it may get stolen or spoiled. There's no guarantee on that. But the love God has for us and the love that we have for him, listen, this is important. The love that God has for us and the love that we have for him will be eternal and bring blessings that are everlasting. Wine and grain, they run out. The love of Christ that compels us to love him also never runs out. It only grows. So it's nice to get a raise and to fix that coat hanger you've been using for an antenna on your car. You know, moving up, moving on up. I get it. That's nothing compared to knowing and being loved by God. Our Lord Jesus Christ taught us this, Mark 8, 34 through 38. When he had called the people to himself, 
with his disciples also. He said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. It is of no profit to have everything that the world chases if you lose your own soul. Deny yourself because you don't know what's good. Only God knows what's good. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Do not be ashamed of Jesus. Yes, Jesus Christ and following him will make you at enmity with the world. You will not be able to be their friends. Do not for that reason be ashamed of him who has not been ashamed of you and was willing to die for you and take on all kinds of shame, despising it for the joy that was set before him to have relationship that you might have relationship with God. He is our only glory and our only hope. Do not aim at the things the world chases. They bring nothing without Jesus. They are blessings to be enjoyed, if they are good, as gifts from the Lord. They're sick and broken and evil, and we use them to try to replace our relationship with him, with God. As C.S. Lewis wrote, aim at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. If your priorities are right, and your first Mindset is, I love Jesus, I love God, I want his countenance to shine on me, I want him to smile on me, to beam his, his face and the brightness of his glory on me. And you go for that, who knows what kind of other blessings might come with it because those aren't the things you're focused on. But if you aim at all these blessings, I want the things that God can do for me, you get neither the blessings doing any good for you, nor do you get the relationship with God. Last verse for today, Psalm 4.8. I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. Our hope is in God. He's the one who makes us lie down in peace and sleep, in safety, in his provision, in his protection. If you've confessed your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So what's keeping you up at night? What do you have to fear? What? Your sin and its consequences? The sin is forgiven. It's as far as east is from west. It's at the bottom of the sea. It's gone. And God has promised us himself. What if you lose everything else? What if all your money goes away and your home and your car and all those things? You have God. What do you have to fear? Everything else is just an empty shadow compared to the shining of the countenance of the Lord on you. If you can live life that way, you will be joyful. You want money? You want security? Those are the things that are going to keep you up at night. Those are the things you're going to chase? Fine. But they're idols 
And the more you want them, the more likely God will need to take them away from you because he will suffer no competitor to his glory because it's bad for you. It will harm you if you put those things between you and God. Listen, you will not be overcome by evil, but you will overcome evil with good. You will not run out of time. You will not run out of money. And if you do, all things will still work together for good for you. If you love God, if you are the called according to his purpose. And if you're a real serious Christ follower, you do love God. And you are the called according to his purpose. So what are you afraid to lose? What are you afraid of? Why are you not lying down in peace and sleeping? Because we chase. We chase security. We chase comfort. We fight with people because the world isn't the way we want it to be. Instead of praying that the Holy Spirit might draw them to himself. Listen, we have everything now. Now, if we have God. We are already seated in the heavenly places with him. Listen to this, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you we made alive who are dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is who we are. This is what he has for us. He has prepared beforehand. He's got a plan for you. He's got good works for you to walk in good works. He's got you. 2020. Yeah, it's rough. I get it. It's, I get it. But we're God's. And his face can shine upon us no matter what we're going through. Like David, we can both lie down in peace and sleep for the Lord alone makes us dwell in safety. There is nothing else that will give it to you. Nothing. Come on, church. Come on. Let's party in our hearts over what we have in Christ that the countenance of God might shine upon us. And you know what? Let's invite some other people to the party that they may know Jesus also. What a great encouragement. Let's invite others to know Jesus so they can have the joy and peace of his life too. As always, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or we can help you find that new life in Christ, call us at 360-885-9000. Always great to have you with us, and I hope you'll check out our next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson 
here on Contemplate.